Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. And in today's episode, Benji and I are talking about urgings, how they're not a bad thing. Even negative ones are not necessarily a bad thing. They can be very instructive, but also the importance of having positive, healthy, productive urges in your life. We get into this and so much more as always. So welcome to the podcast. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Today, Bonjay. Hey, Andrew. What's your middle name? My middle name is Youngshin Benjamin. What? Have we been over this? You have two middle names? No one knows this. The only people that know is like the TSA. They're always shocked. That's your name? That's your name? What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Youngshin Benjamin. Yeah. So, how are we doing? Good, man. How are you? Ready to get started. Yeah, we are firing on all cylinders. You have a new baby to contend with. How's your sleep, by the way? You good? Yeah, pretty fine, actually. Babies sleep like a baby. <laughs> that could be screaming. Comes. That's where the term <laughs> comes from. The first month is just sleeping like a baby. Not been my experience, by the way. We do not guarantee such results in your children. <laughs> Today, we wanted to talk about urges because it's been happening a lot in my group. I get people to report a lot. So they're reporting three times a day, and a lot of times when they're having a good day, they mention, oh, I didn't have any urges today. And what they mean is they didn't have any urge to watch porn or to masturbate or this kind of thing. But in their mind, it's like, hey, great day. I didn't have any urges. And one day I was hearing it so many times that it started to just scream in my face, like this is not a correct way of checking in. And the reason is this, to have no urges is to not be alive. (laughs) It doesn't mean urges to do bad things. It also means urges to do good things. Do you have any good urges? And so that's what I kind of wanted to unpack. What is this idea of an urge and productive urge, non-productive urge, and like how to transfer it? Because to be in a place where you have no urge at all is basically to be comatose. It's like to be on a couch and be like, I don't. I'm just just like really lazy. You have no desire to do anything. Don't want to move. So let's unpack this. You get this a lot in the check-ins that you get, like, oh, I have no urges today. Yeah, absolutely. Would I have people check in in the program that we do? Did you have any unpleasant emotions? I used to call them negative emotions. And if you call something like a negative emotion, they usually associate that with stress or anxiety or boredom or anger or something like that. And then they start to associate those emotions with being bad. But it's actually not a bad thing to feel stressed. It's actually pretty normal and natural. So what I changed it to is unpleasant emotion because a negative emotion is not bad inherently. It's just unpleasant. But what matters is how we respond to them. So an urge is like, yeah, it's unpleasant. Sometimes if it's not directed in the right way, I actually just had a question the other day from someone that I want to share my response to him maybe later on. Ooh, teaser. To be understood, guys and gals out there, through the lens of recovery that people evaluate their days based on like, did I feel like the person I wanted to feel like or did I feel like I was out of control? And so I think a lot of people definitely associate having urges to act out as an identifier of, oh, I noticed that this wasn't a good thing that happened. 
Another thing that's popping up into our world, Benji, is this book, Unwanted, which is amazing. And I'm actually getting my boot camp to read that now. And the reason is this. The author talks about how anytime you get one of these urges for unwanted sexual acts, it's actually a gift from God because it's your pathway back to understanding some aspect of brokenness within you. Mm. Even like unpleasant emotions or anything like that is, they're all there to like teach you something. Even if it's something as basic as I got really angry when I was driving my car. Okay, cool. What did that teach you about your patience or about how easy it is for you to judge other people and want to punch them in the face? That's all really useful information. If you stop and take it in. It can also just be a factoid or like, hey, I almost stabbed somebody in my car today. But if you don't understand it, then it's not valuable. But if you take time to unpack it, then it's just like a signal trying to teach you something about yourself. It's a hint. And so I always picture it as like being in a room. And when you reach a limitation, it's like you're hitting a wall in that room. And your limitations are discomfort, some emotional like anger, frustration. These are all limitations. They're for you to see it and say, well, that's a limitation and not hate it. It's just a limitation. It's like, it doesn't mean anything about you. It's just a part of who you are. And you can expand those limitations, right? You can grow your patience. You can grow your capacity. But noticing a limitation is quite informing and helpful. Because if you didn't know that limitation was there, you just run into a wall, get angry, be like, oh, why is there a wall here? Get back up, run back into the wall, get angry at the wall, be like, ah, I hate you, wall. It doesn't matter if you hate the wall or if you hate yourself. It doesn't fix the fact that there's a wall there. There's a limitation there. That's okay. We all have limitations. Every single person on this planet has some sort of limitations. And when we discover them, a lot of times it's a slap in the face because we didn't think we had them. But it shouldn't be something that you take personal rather than just something that you observe about yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think observation is key. Well, that's the first start, right? I have a rule for myself is like, there's no compromise for me when it comes to those moments of like, I feel really angry today or I got upset at the person in front of me and in line or while I was driving or I got upset because my wife was trying to teach me how to wash dishes properly and then I got frustrated. <laughs> I don't know how to wash dishes, you know? And of course, the typical response to that is like, I'm angry because you made me angry, right? When I ask guys in our Spartan program, like, tell me how you feel. They're like, oh, I'm angry. It's like, okay, good. Anger is actually not a primary emotion. I've read a lot of articles about primary emotions and anger is actually a response and a reaction to a deeper emotion. In a lot of cases, mostly it's fear. Anger at somebody while you're driving is not because they made you angry. It's mostly because of fear of something, fear of being controlled and being out of control, losing my dignity, or maybe the fear of being disapproved of by the person behind me or something like that, right? In all cases of these emotions, it's like boredom too. I was just talking with another guy a few days ago who was my biggest trigger is boredom. And so we kind of really peeled it back. And we realized through asking some sequence of questions, his boredom is actually very much linked to feeling that he needs to do more, but he's not. He wakes up on a Saturday morning and he sleeps in, and then he kind of watches a TV show or two. And then he kind of goes through goofs around, plays video games. And then he feels like he's wasting his time. And then he feels shame. And then he tries to drown that shame with more video games, social media porn. And so he kind of realized through his conversations, the other side of boredom or deep emotion is just shame. 
I feel like I should be doing more, but I'm not. And I want to drown that feeling and escape that feeling with more unhealthy, unproductive behaviors. And this is usually why people tend to spiral with the porn sessions, like binging porn or binging social media or a TV show. It's kind of like a aha moment for me is that there's always more to it. And I was alluding back to my original point. I'm pretty no compromise about addressing and observing my emotions. I've come to a place where I'm not beating myself up anymore. Like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten angry at my kid because of this. I'm a terrible dad. And, you know, I used to be like that. I have no compromise in addressing it. I'm not going to let it slide. I'm not going to just like, oh, it's fine. It's okay to get angry. It's like justification or it's okay to do this occasionally. It's like, no, I'm going to address it and consider it or tell somebody about it and talk about it, especially things regarding like frustration or anger or micro aggressions or micro decisions that we make throughout the day. Did you just say micro aggression? Did I? Microaggression? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's about understanding these urges. The other thing is if you could understand it, the urge that you have is like the bait at the end of a fishing rod. And you got to trace it back, follow the wire all the way back to the origin source and figure out what's going on. And people oftentimes don't ever take the time to understand what it is that their body or their heart or some aspect of them is trying to tell them. Mm. And so they just pile on stuff on top of that, that boredom. Instead of understanding the boredom, it's just like, let's stack more time-wasting stuff on top of this boredom to crush it. But in fact, that pressure just makes it worse. It doesn't make it go away. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. So these urges honestly are like a gift. And when you can see it like that, it turns this whole sexual integrity thing into a win-win situation where there's no losing. Mm -hmm. Let's say you had a bad day. Let's say you slipped. Fantastic. What did you learn? It is a waste. It's a complete waste if you don't learn from it because it just means you're going to wind back up there again. You can guarantee that. But if you do take time to kind of learn what is this trying to teach you about yourself, I had a very open conversation with somebody yesterday who's been in the doldrums lately in terms of his habits, realizing that it's just a matter of he doesn't want to have that difficult conversation with himself. So he's willing to drag himself through hell so he doesn't have to have that conversation with himself. It's very interesting because the hell that I'm used to is better than the slightly better hell that is new, <laughs> right? At least I'm familiar with this torture that I'm putting myself through instead of doing something new that will actually fix my problem. He had this realization and the fact that he could say it out loud is extremely helpful. In a sense, it brings value to all these moments of difficulty that he's experienced because he's going to eventually peel back all these layers to the place where he realizes this comes from a sense of inadequacy. And where did that come from? Well, it came from whatever, whatever, whatever. That's the story that you all have to understand. And it sounds a little bit like psychobabble, to be honest, when you're like, tell me about your childhood. Mm -hmm. But if you realize how much your emotions were formed when you were a little kid and how much that impacts every decision you make in terms of like the food that you put in your mouth, the music that you listen to, the friends that you have around you, 
you realize, oh, actually, it's worth spending the time and the effort to understand this stuff. Well, a few points on that. Specifically, this guy that was talking about boredom, I asked him about when he was a teenager, for example, and he would spend the Saturday like sleeping in, then playing video games, then goofing around. And then I asked him, like, how did his parents respond to that? And he was like, yeah, they would kick me out of the house. <laughs> like, get, and they would actually visibly show uh, disappointment and disapproval because of this behavior, right? When you feel unproductive and you're not doing something, that you have subconscious fear of disapproval. Yeah, I do. And I was like, well, it's kind of unreasonable to not rest. I'm guilty of this too. It's hard to just not do anything on a Saturday. And I was like, did you work hard all week, like Monday through Friday? He's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, don't you feel like it's okay to just relax on Saturday? He's like, yeah. Well, then why do you feel shame about it? And I asked him, if you didn't feel this shame, would you have binge watched all those shows and watched porn that day? He's like, no. I was like, well, it's the shame that's fundamentally causing this, this feeling of if I'm not awesome and productive all day, all the time, then somehow I'm going to be disapproved of. And this is not the fault of anyone's parents. I mean, this is like, we've all experienced these things throughout our life, but it only takes like a few instances like that to, to, for us to learn or perceive that experience as, oh, I need to be this or else I'm not worthy of whatever. So it is important. And then the other point I want to make about peeling it back, right? Because I tell the guys every day in our program, like, you got to do this every day. Like, peel it back, ask yourself why you're feeling this, peel it back at least two or three times and keep asking yourself that why. And there, I don't want to, that's hard. <laughs> and that's painful, right? And then I go, well, so is going to the gym. And the people that really succeed in like fitness and life, the people that learn to enjoy the process and see the long-term benefit of doing it, the people who are fittest, long-term speaking, are the ones that just enjoy it. Like they genuinely enjoy going to the gym, getting the workout, doing the cardio, going running or whatever, eating healthy. They enjoy the process of learning all of that stuff. And those are the people that succeed long-term. The people that don't succeed are like, wow, this is really hard and I hate this and I cannot see myself doing this for more than a week or a few months where I'm just going to go back to my old house. Those people don't succeed. Fitness is an example, but it really comes down to these daily disciplines. Is there a way that I can perceive this experience as enjoyable? For me personally, I felt a long time like telling my wife about my emotional state is really hard and it's taxing and it's difficult and I didn't want to do it. But then I realized that I changed my perspective and I realized that it actually brings me a lot of joy and happiness to do that. Like I feel happy at the end of the day yeah. or the next day when I do that and I tell somebody and I feel filled up and I hear heard and accept like that really makes me happy. And that's like the ultimate litmus test of is something worth doing long-term? It's like, do you feel good doing it? Do you feel genuine happiness and joy from doing this kind of stuff? And I reminded myself, like, I really enjoy it. Like, I feel so good when I call my dad. My dad and I started talking every week now, every Sunday night. I didn't do that for so long because I was just like, I don't want to develop that relationship. We're just not that kind of father-son duo. And I put quotations on, right? And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I enjoy talking with my dad. When I do talk to him, I feel filled up. I feel connected. My batteries are charged for like a few days after that. Why don't I just do this every week, a few times a week? So we started doing that. And it's awesome because it's like a 15-minute conversation where you just talk about stuff that might have been difficult in the week because there's a lot of stuff that I find difficult <laughs> in my life, like stresses or I was frustrated or angry, all this stuff that I don't let slide. And I just tell them about it and, and I talk about mistakes I made this week or things I want to do better. And he just kind of listens and gives me some advice and I just feel full from that. Why don't I do this all the time? I enjoy this and it feels good and it makes me feel filled up. And so I started doing that. If anyone's listening and is like, I can't do that with my parent because my dad wanted to. Well, 
we never had that relationship, my dad and I, and we just kind of started developing that relationship. And it's super, super beneficial for me personally. Yeah. And you're talking about enjoying the process. It seems like for somebody who doesn't like being around themselves, and that's most of us, because that's why we try to escape ourselves at any given moment, right? With our phone or whatever, because we don't enjoy the thoughts in our head or the feeling of our body or whatever, that we don't want to take the time to get to know ourselves and to love ourselves. And because of that, you're never fully recovered. You can't have sexual integrity until you also love yourself. And that takes getting to know yourself. And that's a long road. But that's the prerequisite to you actually spending the time to getting to know and to love somebody else. Because talking about not getting results right away, that's what marriage is. Putting in the time, even when you don't want to. You share a bed with that person. You share a life with that person. You got to keep on acting in a loving manner, even when you don't feel the feelings. Doing it even when you don't want to because you know why you're doing it, because you're connected to the purpose, you enjoy the results, that will help you to stop resisting the process because you're not chasing after the goal. Anybody who just wants to get rid of porn, leasing themselves, relinquishing the past in order to like go with the process of learning to love themselves. So even if you get rid of porn, you're not resolving the problem. That's not the problem. It's learning to love yourself. I do. And that takes time. <laughs> All this goes back to urges, and I wanted to talk about the other side of this, which is the distinct lack of strong, positive urges that people have is quite alarming. I'm sure everybody's listening has experienced the urge to hug somebody or the urge to just do something really nice for no other reason other than you just have this swelling feeling in your heart. For a lot of people, it's around Christmas time. You see a homeless person and you're like, I want to do something for that person or whatever, right? These urges are actually what make us human. They lead us to an exciting life and to meaning, to purpose. So to have to lack strong, positive urges is quite alarming. Just as alarming as having strong, negative urges, right? Because those come from an original place too. To want to punch somebody in the face comes from this animalistic side of ourselves. And to be able to control that, is our sentient side, is our soul, is our spiritual aspect. To have self-control makes us not animals. That's good to have strong negative urges and to control that and to harness that, to understand where that's coming from, to deal with it. But to not have strong positive urges, that's worth really looking at too and be like, why am I lacking life? Because when you're really alive, you're just brimming with positive urges. The abundant mindset of like, I really want to make this world a better place. I really want to make my body tip top. I really want to experience more intimacy in my life. Like all these things are deep human needs. And mm. if you're not experiencing these as urges, it means that you're kind of numb. You've been numb for a long time. And I think a lot of people are in a really strong, apathetic state. And to wake up is definitely possible, but it takes some desire to want to get out of that comatose state. What's some example from you in your life, like a positive urge? Broadly and generally, I want to go back to like, I was extremely apathetic when I was on my own before I met the God. And this helped to wake up my heart to a state of idealism. And when I started to wake up again, I couldn't help but want to wake up early because I had this deep desire, this urge to connect with God. That's first, spiritually. And then throughout my day, I honestly, sincerely, I had this urge to make the world a better place. Like all day, that's 
what drove me for years after that. But more recently, I'm always stricken by the urge to seek after more because my limitations are I'm not comfortable with knowing what I already know or feeling what I already feel. I always want to push the boundaries because I just know that there's so much more to life and I want to experience that. And it doesn't come from a desperation or a neediness, but just like this urge to want to have new ideas in my head, to chew on and to wrestle with. I want to meet new people. I have this urge to constantly meet people who think differently than me and to challenge me and to learn from them. I would say weekly, I get a really strong urge to connect with somebody more meaningfully. So I've been using WhatsApp a lot, you know, just send out random messages to people to let them know that I love them or to tell them how I'm doing or whatever. Yeah. So if people haven't got a message from you, that means I haven't gotten around to them or I don't have them on WhatsApp. Hit me up on WhatsApp. I love communicating. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging that people are like, Andrew doesn't love me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I just sent out three WhatsApp messages this morning, just for context. And then more locally with my kids, I'm pretty engaged already and I'm pretty content in terms of that. But every once in a while, I'll realize, whoa, and I'll get the strong urge to want to push them or to give them the opportunity for newness. So like yesterday, I took my two older boys, six and nine, rock climbing because I wanted to try it. And it was like, I just realized that it was a possibility It's at the rec center right by our house and we went. They had an amazing time and it just felt perfect. One of my sons dealing with some fear of heights and he overcame and the other one realized that he's half monkey, just shot up there without thinking or doing it. It was just like flew up. But it came from this urge to be like, oh my God, guys, we need to challenge ourselves. That's part of growth. And so sometimes it's about me. Sometimes the urge is about my family to level up or whatever. But those are some examples. Rock climbing was a long time coming. I've been kind of searching for different things that I could get my kids to do, to try. And the second I actually acted on that urge, this is a positive urge. There wasn't much time, but we just went and it was perfect. Everything worked out perfectly. Yeah, I can relate to that with the kids. I was trying to think of some examples. So thanks for sharing those. This idea of positive urges is personally, it's new to me. So I'm trying to relate it to another word that I'm familiar with, which is intuition. It's kind of a similar vein of a positive urge or a positive impulse is following your gut, your intuition, your God-centered, godly intuition. In my experience in my life, the best urges and intuition seeking that I found is through challenging my fears, actually what you guys did yesterday. That's what I was thinking about. And I was just reflecting yesterday about one fear I've always had is doing like one-on-one stuff with people, doing stuff on camera or doing podcasts. I've had a lot of anxiety about putting myself public, you know, being on camera, doing this podcast, even doing one-on-one mentoring for people in the Spartan program, that kind of thing. I avoided for years, actually. And and many times the opportunity was presented like, hey, can we do this program or let's do this or record this video? And I said no to a lot of stuff, honestly. That's actually the thing I need to address. A fear is kind of a hint to me. It means that there's some power I'm giving to it. And there's a reason I'm giving power to it. And when I realized that, and I just started like the Spartan program is a one-on-one the mentorship thing it's free by the way if people are curious actually am much much better at doing the one-on-one type stuff than doing the group stuff because I'm very sensitive to other people in groups if that makes sense and I think people generally are if you go to the movies with three people it's very different from going with one person or if we had one more person on this call and this podcast episode I would be very in tune to them and like how they're feeling about this conversation 
personally, it's distracting to be in groups. I'm a lot actually more comfortable and better at doing one-on-one -on -one stuff. And it's been really good because I can apply myself and my skills and my kind of sensitivity to people through doing mentoring and that kind of thing. So there's so many examples where I was afraid of something and then I just kind of started and challenged it. And I've learned that's actually what I needed to do personally. Yesterday, I uh, came home from work and I was just really tired. And then I just had an impulse to take my kids to the park. And I was kind of surprised because I was tired. And usually when I'm tired, I don't want to leave the house. I just want to stay at home. And it was kind of cool. Just like, let's go to the park. And it was cold. We had some interesting kids there. But I feel like that was kind of a positive impulse and urge to just do something that was based in love. It's not based in comfort or what I want, but it's based in like what would be good and happy for the overall in other people. I guess the challenge to everybody is to two-prong challenge. One is to spend time to understand what are these not-so-productive urges teaching you about yourself because those are your teachers. Those are your educators on some aspect of your brokenness, some neediness that you have or some insecurities that you have, some unresolved emotional stuff that you have. And the other prong is how do you start to identify and indulge in your positive, productive urges? I'm sure everybody at some point saw like a really inspiring video and it's like, I want to go for a jog. And then you watch scroll. <laughs> you watch the next video and you don't actually get up. You don't indulge that positive urge. You feel compelled to check up on your grandma to actually start noticing when those positive urges come mm. and to work with them and indulge them. It's a two-pronged situation that creates a life of intentionality where you're understanding these things that are bubbling up good feelings of altruism and, and stuff like that and kind of selfish or strange or confusing urges understanding those so if you can do that you will become very well versed in yourself and you'll understand yourself a lot more and it's so much easier to get through a day and to even regulate your energy throughout the day oh i'm starting to feel angry what should i do okay you, you learn Hey, I have a lot of energy right now. You learn. What do I do with that? Oh, I'm feeling really tired. You learn what to do with that. I've had some guys in my group, honestly, that are seeing the benefits of occasional naps. Whereas other people, they realize they just need to get up more and move more. So learning about yourself in a situation, it's all about communicating with yourself, your body, your heart, your mind, your spirit, and you'll figure it out. But the whole point is you're creating a sense of fulfillment and comfort in your own life the more that you understand yourself. The extent to which you understand yourself is the extent to which you're not trying to escape yourself. If you don't understand yourself, you're always trying to escape yourself because everything's very confusing and you don't want to deal with it. So you just try to shove it under the rug and just do something else. So good luck. And as always, what should they do if they have any questions, Benji? You have any recommendations? Tell someone you love them and send them this podcast. Just send them. You're like, hey, Heinrich has a podcast called Love, Life, and Legacy. Check it out on any platform, Spotify, whatever. Also, let them know, yes. let someone know you love them. You know, that's it. I was just want to share. A few months ago, I randomly sent an email to somebody that I haven't talked to in 20 years since childhood, and I sent oh. it to a, an email to him because I had a dream about him. And I always do this when I have a dream about someone. I always message him and say, hey, I had a dream about you. And that guy died last week. I mean, it's shocking, right? But I was grateful that at least. He got that email and he knew that I loved him and I was thinking about him. And I just realized that when we have those impulses, we got to, especially when it involves people, we really have to go with those. Absolutely. Yes, everybody. 
we challenge you. This is part of the high noon life. It's part of the responsibility that comes with the freedom is learning about ourselves. So good luck. And as always, reach out to us. We've been getting more people. Andrew at highnoon.org. Benji at highnoon.org. Join our TikTok. Ooh, if you're listening this far, it means you're a true fan. And if you're on TikTok already, find us. We're on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Connect with us. Communicate with us. Find a way. We just started doing a lot more YouTube stuff. And the only comments we got in the past month were super negative. You know why? Because our army's not there to protect us. <laughs> so please reach out to us. Yeah, help us out on the socials. And we'll see you next week. Hey, before you go, I wanted you to consider checking out High Noon Connect. So if you go to our website, highnoon.org, you'll notice, first of all, we have a brand new website, which is beautiful. And also, you'll notice that there's the opportunity to join High Noon Connect. The essence of what High Noon is morphing into is a community. We are better together, and sexual integrity involves other people, okay? If you're struggling with pornography, you need the help of brothers and sisters, of people in a community dedicated to helping lift you up. And even if you're not, if you're in a relationship and you just want more intimacy, more love, more joy, or if you're single and you just want to be a person that can live according to their values in the area of sexuality and you want to be around a group of people who are fighting in the same way, then please go to highnoon.org and sign up for High Noon Connect. There's a free version and a paid version. We want to make this as accessible as possible. And we're a nonprofit, so we're not trying to make a buck here. We're just trying to create a community off of Facebook that gives a focused conversation, focused energy, focused attention on building sexual integrity as a cultural intention. So go to highnoon.org. We'll see you there. Thank you.